Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Friends, welcome back to Disciple Making. I'm Tim Beadle with my friend Darren Ride. When you were growing up, uh, Darren, did you ever have a little uh, sort of scale on the side of your doorpost where they kept track of your progress in terms of growing up? Oh, yeah. Me and my brothers, we all had her. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, uh, this morning, uh, well, today, because our viewers might be hearing this at all times of, of, of the day, uh, we're, we're going to talk about a scale. A scale that probably you and I were exposed to many, many years ago, either at Bible college. It's called the Engel scale that actually determined uh, a person's uh, progress in being drawn to Christ. And then if they cross the line of faith, how, how they grow uh, beyond that. Um, now, now, you're the one who wanted to talk about this. Uh, so well, why don't you take us into this conversation and see where we end up today? Sure. Well, thanks, Tim. Good to be here. Uh, I was doing some training for our, our 12 church group and this was one of the things I came across in one of my old books way back in the mid eighties. Yep. I bought this book called I hate witnessing by Dick Innes. And it's best, probably the best first seller. Best seller. <laughs> it's probably the, uh, the first ministry book I ever bought. And I bought it, you know, it was, you know, mid mid eighties. And, uh, but he referenced a book that came out in the mid seventies. And, uh, that was a book called what's gone wrong with the harvest by, uh, by Engels, by James Engel. And they came up with this, what he calls the spiritual decision process or the Engels scale. And what it is, it's basically a scale that, that kind of ranks where people are at spiritually, you know, from, you know, minus 10 being they have no real conception of God, you know, all the way through to the point of conversion, zero repentance, faith, and then into spiritual growth. And we're going to unpack it a little bit, but what really helped me and helps people when I present it to them is, not so much what the details are in each of the lines, but the idea that moving someone from minus 10 to minus nine is progress. Yeah. That's part of the event. Like evangelism isn't just the, the, the point of repentance and faith, drawing them across that line. There's a lot of other lines along the way. Like they might never have heard of Jesus. They might not know, have heard the gospel story. They might not have a sense of need. You know, each of those realizations is a line. And they might also they might also have heard of Jesus, but have an incorrect understanding of who He is, or have uh, their their concept of of who Christians are doesn't really um, align with uh, the kingdom life that Jesus calls us to. So sometimes there's uh, some backward steps that that we have to uh, address before we can help them move forward, type of thing. Oh yeah, I'm sure if Engels redid his skill today, you'd have a line in there of you know thinks you know Christians are ridiculous or. Has a has a misunderstanding, a popular conception of Christianity yep. that doesn't match biblical Christianity. You know, there's so much confusion there. But what I want us to focus on, Tim, if we can, is so a person you know works through this progress. This comes to the place of faith. How do we measure growth in? That's right. You know, post conversion. How do we measure growth as a disciple? Uh, you know, again, they've repented and believed. They're following Jesus. What more is there? Isn't there enough? Isn't that enough? Just keep following that. Or are there some measurable steps along the way that maybe happen either in a linear way or just uh, maybe a different order for different believers? What's your reaction to that question? Well, yeah, you, I totally agree with you. You know, when Jesus said, I think it's John 12, 32, uh, if the Son of Man, speaking of himself, be lifted up, I will 
his intention draw all people towards himself. So, so when I thought uh, of um, steps towards Jesus, uh, I realized that this is the active work of his Holy Spirit. He's drawing people towards what Jesus did for us all on, on the cross of Calvary. Uh, but sometimes there's a lot of baby steps that have to take place uh, before people even have an understanding. Uh, and, and so obviously, you know, before someone comes to Jesus, uh, in terms of what God's been up to, there's just general revelation in the world. I know in uh, Romans, it, it talks about his invisible qualities. Just by looking at creation, uh, we get a sense of, um, well, what some people may call uh, intelligent design or whatever they want to call it, but we, we call it, it, it's just the handiwork of God. Uh, but then the Holy Spirit is at work because Jesus said, I'm going to draw people. So how does he do that? Well, after a general awareness, there's the Holy Spirit, uh, I think, brings a sense of hunger and thirst, of emptiness, uh, disillusionment. Uh, and they really start questioning either the meaning of life. And, um, you know, again, we can go really deep on this. But uh, at some point, usually God uses a person like you or me or someone in the church uh, where through our lifestyle, uh, we are witnesses, whether it's by being ambassadors for Christ or salt and light or an open letter, where people start looking at us and they equate what their thirst is for understanding and meaning is different because we are Christ followers and then God starts to connect the dots. So so that, that that's more before someone comes to Jesus. Some of the things that, that I've seen uh, in terms of how God draws people to himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, there, there's definitely a lot of those little parts. Some people have need more of an apologetic where they really have the logical questions other people need, they need to see other believers who are functioning, you know, in a, in a, yeah. in a kind of a social context. And that's, that's, a, that's another form of proof in a way. Yeah, yeah. So there's a proclamation, but at some point, uh, people have to decide if they're going to keep walking towards uh, the truth found in Jesus or if they're going to reject it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the, there are people, unfortunately, who have had bad experiences in the church and they've walked away from the church and they've regressed in, in terms of they've, they've shrunk back and walked away from a, a growing faith experience in Jesus simply because uh, they weren't led on. You know, when Paul says, uh, follow me as I follow Christ, uh, th there just wasn't anyone in, in, in the church who actually uh, took it upon themselves to adopt them into a relationship and help them grow. So uh, my, my view in the local church is uh, systemically what happens is it's all about if we can just get someone to cross the line of salvation, then that's it. Like, like our, our work is done, which is totally not correct. Actually, the work has just begun because God is not finished with them yet. So, uh, and then we say, well, if we can get them baptized and uh, if they can become a member. And, and we have these sort of different um, thresholds that uh, we are sort of trying to push people into a certain mold without really just walking with them relationally. And because of that, a lot of people... They, they, they walk away from, from uh, what they thought was a search for meaning because they've just really been configured into uh, church programming or what someone else thinks that they should be doing. Well, I, I would say to that, Tim, that if the point of conversion includes re true repentance and faith <laughs> that is, that is you know, displayed in baptism, if, you know, if, we, if we cluster that together, 
That's pretty significant because you know as well as I do that in our tribe, you know, in the Alliance, there's usually twice as many professions of faith as baptisms. That's right. And we know that baptism is a really important part of making disciples. And yeah, so yeah. I'd be really, you know, I don't know where I'd put that on, on Engel's line. I would cluster that all together, repentance, faith, and baptism, because for me, that's repentance, faith, and following. Yeah. And that's really where the line is. And if that's how people start, I think their trajectory is much better than if it's, you know, accept Jesus in your heart, uh, go forward and rededicate your life a few times, right. you know, maybe one day get baptized. You know, it, it's, a, it's you're working with a different species when you you start with someone who's repentant, believed, and started following. That's right, yeah. Well, you know, in Second Corinthians, it talks about in Christ we're new creations. And I think um, the act of uh, you know, water baptism uh, simply is an acknowledgement externally of this inner, as you said, repentance, confession, and faith in Jesus. And that's when new life, eternal life begins. But unfortunately... Uh, within the church, at times people think, well, I have to get better before I can be baptized. Mm. There's, a, there's a certain status quo mentality, and I'm not quite there yet. Uh, whereas the biblical model is, you know, they, they believed and they were baptized. And so I think we would both agree that in terms of how the Holy Spirit draws us onto himself, there's a period of searching, and then uh, you come to Christ, and then there's a follow the, the the following aspect when you are now following Jesus, but um, did we want to talk any more about the the actual pre conversion or the searching stages at all? Well, if you have some some nuggets there, I mean, the, I think I think the scale that Engels has, which anybody can Google and look up pretty easily, yeah. has some pretty you know some pretty common steps along the way. Yeah. I think um, for me, I, I use a tool that might be a sort of a more modern iteration of Engels. It's called Your Spiritual Journey, a personal guide, and, and people could Google that as well. Uh, but they actually talk about three different uh, sort of stages uh, that, that lead to Christ. The first one is simply someone who's not interested. Mm-hmm. Like they're aware of, of Christianity and even Jesus. They enjoy the celebration of of Christmas and Easter by getting a day off, but they're they're just not interested. Or or they say, well, it's okay for you, but it's not okay for me. And usually, what happens is that there's many misconceptions about Christianity. That like in these days, um, you know, when when uh, uh, we're finding all these unmarked uh, graves of children who are at residential schools, like that's doing major damage to people's conception of Christianity. Uh, because the, the 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 church uh, and people don't know about the different denominations. They just hear that the church was part of this, and and so a lot of people just have a negative view of religion and Christianity, and and others just believe well all Christian uh, all religions are the same, and therefore you know you can believe that I'll believe uh, in Buddha or Allah or whatever, and uh, therefore they just have an indifferent attitude an aptitude towards spiritual issues. So so that's the not interested camp. And then there's those who are curiously seeking. Uh, They realize that there's more to life than what they're living right now. Uh, They might actually once in a while, you know, we used to call them CEOs, people who attend church at Christmas and Easter only. (laughs) Uh, They they, they might come to an event out of curiosity, but not based on need. It's uh, There's a lot of good events that churches put on, but but it's more, what can I get out of it? And they probably struggle with a bit of a negative image about Christianity because of the past. And they question the belief that all religions, you know, lead to the same God. Like these are just some of the things that 
people who are curiously seeking might really have in their in their soul. These are the deep seated questions. But but then as they get closer, you know, on an angle scale, you call them like searching assertively, where they really take steps to find the answers of their heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they have a different posture. They they intellectually they believe in God. They just don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. Uh, but then they uh, maybe they get invited to to an alpha, or, or they go online and see some alpha stuff, and they start learning about the personal nature of what uh, a walk with Jesus is all about. And they understand that there is a difference between Christianity and other religions, and uh, and and they go from there. So uh, and and that brings them sort of to a faith commitment. So uh, th- th- those are some of the the thoughts I had in terms of the searching stage. Yeah. Well, I, I would say you know today, um, I think there's a lot of people in a searching stage, be- prior to even interfacing with Christianity. Yeah. There, there's a lot of searching that goes on, a lot of spiritual hunger, and they're not looking towards Christianity. In in a in more of a Christendom situation, they might have, you know, 20, yeah. 30 years ago, they might have considered the church maybe first. But now there's so many different forms and misforms of spirituality out there that yeah. a lot of seeking happens, you know, without Christianity even in the radar. That's and right. Something needs to happen to break people into that, into the Christian beginning of the Christian worldview. You know, and that's where, you know, the uniqueness of Christ and hopefully the salt and light of believers can come into play. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously the uh, the active ministry of, of the church outside of the building, meeting needs, and people just wondering why, and which opens the door to, to give a testimony. But, you know, in most Canadian census reports now, when, when people fill out their affiliation related to uh, religious association, uh, the religious nuns, as they're called, they just don't have any. Uh, they, they, they don't have any uh, affiliation or uh, generational history of uh, church or understanding of uh, spiritual things. Uh, I think we have to realize, you know, that's like like one in three people in certain parts of the, the country. Like that's the starting point. That, that people don't know the things that we assume everyone knows. Uh, like they see a cross on a building and they don't even know what that means. You know, there's a story told of someone who went to buy a, uh, some jewelry. It, it was going to be a cross. And they went into the local jewelry store and uh, the sales associate said, uh, you'd like to buy a cross. I've got a whole selection here. And then he said this, uh, would you like a cross with a little man on it? Wow. Now, now, that that would be uh, just an obvious example of someone who just has <laughs> no understanding that that little man on the cross is the savior of all creation. <laughs> wow, that's quite a story. That, that really does show a, a post-Christian mindset and yeah. just a lack of awareness. And, and you know, so the lack of awareness of the biblical story affects our evangelism, yeah. but it also affects things once a person comes to faith, because we're we're starting in some ways without any foundation theologically, biblically, culturally, and it changes the way we then make disciples. Yeah. It has to. It, it has to. And I, I go back time and time again to the fact that, uh, you know, when you go to a farm, farms don't produce sheep, sheep produces sheep. Mm-hmm. And uh, within the local church, the, the, there has to be a reawakening of the realization that the average person, as they grow to maturity, part of it is reaching out and coming alongside that are uh, like babes in Christ or new in their faith uh, to help them in, in just the basic steps of uh, experiencing this new life in Jesus and uh, grasping the meaning of uh, the gospel and 
and the core elements of following Jesus and then learning how to share their experience naturally and, and things like that. So, you know, it, it, there is a continuum there and it isn't uh, the thing that I always sort of guard against is just saying, well, it's a, it's a checklist where, okay, mm-hmm. check this off. Okay. Now they're here. Well, no, because sometimes it's two steps forward, three steps back <laughs> and things like that. But when someone has a faith commitment, do they need to experience new life? Uh, at some point, they need to be part of a growing community. It doesn't even mean that they need to rush into a church building yet, uh, but have a relational bond with someone who is leading them towards Christ. And then eventually, they, they too will live missionally. And um, not only will they learn to love Jesus, but they will naturally share him evangelistically as well. Oh, yeah. I, I just heard, Tim, even after we planned this topic, just this morning, I heard a a podcast where a person was asked their definition of a disciple. This is from the Kansas City Underground podcast. And he said, well, a disciple, his his simple definition was someone who hears and obeys Jesus. Yeah. So so th- therefore, the way you make a disciple is you teach someone to hear and obey yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And then by default, that brings the word and the spirit into play. And I think, you know what? To me, that that that's a very simple but very thorough description of making disciples, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, and if you want to really create a firm foundation in your faith, uh, I'm preaching on this in the next couple of weeks, you know, Matthew 7, Jesus says, and we all know the, the story of the wise and foolish builders, but but what people neglect is the whole framework of that parable is simply this, uh, the one who hears my voice or hears my word and puts it into practice mm-hmm. is like a man. And, and so... Uh, I, I think in most people's lives, um, you know, the, the level of knowledge and obedience, um, you know, there's a gap there. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to pay attention to that gap that when we hear and then obey Jesus, uh, we need to start listening to him and we listen to him, you know, obviously through prayer, but by reading his word. Uh, but then we have to obey. And uh, I, I like that. You know, you can never have a simplistic definition of, of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, if we have those two things in place, I truly believe. Yeah, it covers it covers a lot. So, Tim, kind of tied to that. So, someone comes to faith, they thoroughly repent, they believe, they accept, they get baptized, but they have no Christian background. But yeah. they, you know, they, they've understood enough to respond to Jesus in that sense. The first time you meet with them, yeah, you know, what will you talk to them about? Yeah. Uh, personally, I want to hear their story, where they've come from. Because again, uh, when you come to Christ, it, it isn't as if you don't have a past from where you've come from. And sometimes in that first meeting, you know, you have to do a lot of good listening and praying <laughs> to that. Uh, but to tr- truly listen to their now, what is now a testimony of where they've come from and how they found Jesus is to affirm them in all the areas uh, that would align with spiritual truth. Because I know just because someone has come to Christ doesn't mean they, they, they've got it all together. In fact, they got, no, I, I, I've, uh, I'm just starting to meet with a new fellow. Uh, he's, he's, he's an older guy, but he said, you know, I just came to Christ and I've got like 381 questions. I think, <laughs> I think we start with where they are, mm. but always point them to the main nuggets of truth of who Jesus is and, and, and just realize that uh, Christianity it isn't joining a church. It, it's following a person, and his name is Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes uh, people get caught up in, you know, what's the difference between the Old and the New Testament? And what are the difference between all the different religions? Well, you know, th- th- those are fair questions, but we always have to bring them back to who is Jesus and what has he taught us to do, as you said, to listen to him and uh, learn to walk uh, mm. by following him. Yeah, yeah, and I would, I would, you know, very practically on the ground, I would, I would really encourage them, just carve out a little time each day to read in the Word, and I'd point them in some directions. I'd encourage them to to cast their cares on God, whatever their concerns are of the day, yeah. and then to be responsive to whatever God makes clear through the Spirit yeah. or through the Word, and just take that next step of obedience, whatever that is. Yeah, and don't get overwhelmed with trying to grow too quickly, like. You know, so someone once said, if you rush the crops, you spoil the harvest, right? So, mm-hmm. so, uh, everything is going to be new to them and everyone in the church will be all this commotion and all these invitations to get involved in this and that. And it's like a big spiritual smorgasbord. So, so, uh, you know, they, they have to at some point learn how to feed themselves, but we have mm-hmm. to start showing them how to walk and talk and how to feed uh, on the word of God and the person of Jesus for sure. Yeah. No, that's not probably a bad place to land. Just, again, there's a progression to come to faith. Once you come to faith, you're growing in maturity in Christ. There's some things that can help. And, uh, you know, hearing and obeying is a good place to start. The word is essential. And I'd say community is essential, whether it's, you know, one or two or a full church. Being community, walking the walk with others, I think is so, so key. And that's where disciple making really comes in. It is. That's what it is. Yeah, well, I think that's a good place to stop, as you said, Darren. Uh, my friend Darren Ride, I'm Tim Beadle, another podcast edition of Disciple Making. Uh, please keep in touch with us. Uh, we, we, we love to uh, discuss with anyone who wants to talk about what it means to be a disciple that makes disciple. So until next time, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or ChristFollowerDNA.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.